the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, this is Tim. And this is V. And we welcome you to another episode of the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. So last week we talked about morning routines. And we're going to start now breaking down what we do and also some other morning routines. So today's are going to be meditation and cold showers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Cold showers. Now, I know cold showers are the new buzzword uh, with Wim Hof doing the Iceman thing. Everybody's talking about Tim Ferriss, Dave Osprey. It's it's like this big new thing that's out. And there's a lot of fluff behind it. Mm-hmm. Now, cutting through the fluff and cutting through the new that it's brand new. I know when we were in Greece, uh, there was in Athens, there's a gym that was created by who? Aristoteles. And in that gym they actually showed where they did cold baths. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we can even take it even to uh, India, where the term, and I want you to just use the Sanskrit word real quick, What do, what is it? Ishnan. And that means cold therapy. Yes. So this isn't a new era thing. This isn't something brand new that somebody just created uh, a couple years ago. This is going back hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yes, thousands of years, yes. And so they found benefits in this. What are the benefits of why they do it and why should we be doing it? It's it's all about creating moderate to intense discomfort uh, for uh, our body, our mind, and our emotions. And uh, it was very, very well put by German uh, philosopher Nietzsche when he said, uh, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And the scientific term is hormesis. In other words, we were not meant to be comfortable all the time. We were meant to go through discomfort of all sorts in order for us to grow. And uh, today they show that the, the whole, the, all of the benefits come due to our mitochondria. And uh, mitochondria, real quick, is what helps us produce energy. Actually, what we use in ourselves to produce energy. And that applies physiologically, mentally, and emotionally. So you're saying taking cold showers helps you mentally and emotionally? Exactly. Along with physically. Lo- I know the physical aspect, and we'll get a little bit more into that. How does it help the mental aspect? It, it helps us learn that uh, we are going to be okay, and that uh, we are not going to die, that this is not going to kill us. So it's uh, that the decision that we make to go face the cold, knowing that we will come out better from it, is major. It gives us, it creates that ability for us to have willpower. We can face harsh situations and we'll survive. I know that uh, for me, 
the hardest part is walking to the shower. Once the water hits me, it's simple. It isn't as bad as what I have in my mind. And I, I've done this hundreds of times, thousands of times, but it's still, go, that's the worst part is walking. And I want to bring up a, uh, I, it was a Viking proverb is, uh, and I'm going to try to phrase it correctly, is fear makes the wolf bigger. Yes. And that's the same thing with the water. If you're afraid of the coldness, but actually once you get into it, you realize how simple it is. Exactly. And by the, by the end, say however long you're doing it for, by the end, it's nothing. You know, I, I feel I could stay in there even longer. It's just, I'm bored now and I need to get out of there. So it becomes, it becomes simple. And I know they also talk about it helps with depression. So yes. there's a lot of positive things to taking cold showers for a little bit. Exactly. The tremendous physiological benefits. It helps with your breathing, with uh, the skin, uh, the adrenaline, the endorphins, all that. But it's, but most importantly, it's that emotional and mental aspect it's a trusting that you are strong enough to do it you if the cold the real cold doesn't kill you you know there are so many other things that won't kill you so speaking of that cold showers and i know that there's all these ice baths yes where j people jump in and there's cryotherapy there's yep. all this which stuff. is a greek word yes of course <laughs> What's the best way to start into this? Should you just jump into an ice tub or what? how do you really get into doing the cold showers so that it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger? Uh, keep it simple. Uh, it, going back to the, to the SHIT acronym, Simple, Hormetic, Implementable and Time-Tested. We know it's time-tested we know it is hormetic, definitely. Now we wanna keep it simple and implement, implementable so we are actually doing it. The simplest way is with a shower. Uh, at the, in, in the morning, at the end, if you're gonna take a shower, take your shower and at the end, turn it to as cold as you can tolerate it for say, 10 seconds at first, if this is your first time. And when you say as cold as you can tolerate, it can still be warm. Can For some people, it might be actually like 85 degree water. Exactly. What you want to do is you want to be really uncomfortable and shiver and think, oh my goodness, I can't take this. You, you want the moderate to intense discomfort is going to be different for every one of us. The idea is make yourself really, really uncomfortable, shiver, think I can't take this. And then 10 seconds is maybe five seconds, may, maybe even five seconds. And then go back if you need to, if you need to go back to your comfortable temperature or just end it there and get out of the shower. So you don't need an ice, a so whole bunch you, of ice. No, you don't need to have a whole setup and do all this and no, no, you don't. Start with small steps as long as they are uncomfortable. Keep it simple and do it, do it every day. Do, the first, 
the first few times is going to really suck. Actually, I say it's always going to suck, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, it, but you are going to feel so amazing after having done it, especially first thing in the morning, you start your day really, really accomplished. I mean, you did something that caused you major discomfort and you survived. Imagine all the other things you can do through your day. And now we're the ice, the yes. bath. Mm-hmm. Should that be something somebody starts looking at going toward after they've done the cold showers for a while, or or is that just too far out? Um, it it depends. Uh, it it uh, I I say you always want to cause more and more discomfort for yourself. So if the shower starts becoming really simple because the temperature will only get so cold, then go to towards the ice baths. Uh, if you have the room for it, you know, if you have the place for it, it's definitely worth going. Or if there is a cryotherapy place close to you that you want to explore, you know, go and do it. But be very careful. Be very careful. Still don't moderate to intense moderate to intense don't go too far because it can it can hurt you be very careful i'd rather be safe than sorry excellent so that is about cold showers yes we'll be right back to talk about meditation Meditation. stay tuned do you like what you hear The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you. And we're back. We talked about uh, cold showers. Before we get into meditation, I just want to ask a quick question. What about doing like a sauna or a hot shower, something like that in the morning? Uh, Heat makes you relax. Uh, Well, heat in terms of uh, not not hot yoga. (laughs) Yeah, I've never relaxed in hot yoga. Uh, But heat in terms of a nice warm shower, a sauna, all that. So... Ideally, you don't want to do it in the morning. You don't want to start your day with uh, something that relaxing. Now, if you are gonna, if you have to take your hot shower and stuff in the morning, finish with cold. And that will help the brain boom exactly. throughout the rest of the day. Exactly. Excellent. That gives you that unfair advantage. Excellent. Now, meditation. There is two types that we call, and that is structured and non-structured. Correct. And there's a lot of definitions out there, what structured is, what non-structured is. So I want to use what we consider our definition. So can you say what structured meditation is through our definition? Uh, For us, structured meditation is uh, sitting properly with uh, your spine erect and uh, focusing on your breath or uh, at the tip of your nose or on your uh, third eye. 
What about your? Or uh, and ideally, <laughs> your uh, the area below your belly button. Yeah. Which is what, your, your second chakra? We, which would be, in a common terms, your second chakra. Okay. What is non-structured? Non-structured meditation involves physical movement. You are still focused, but your body is not still. Okay, so like walking, well, yeah, uh, walking. moving meditations are huge as a non-structured. Exactly. They're preparing the coffee yes. for you, right? That's yes. a non-structured meditation. Even uh, doing a, like a sun salutation could be considered a non-structured meditation. Absolutely. And that I know when you were doing teacher training, uh, yes. you were using a song. Yes. Or a mantra. A chant. Yes. Yep. Uh, that everyone loved. Exactly. And can where'd that come from? Uh, that that was uh, from uh, Mount Madonna Institute, uh, from uh, Baba Haridas, hmm. and uh, it was uh, it was a chant that it was specific for the sun. So it was using all different names for the sun, like uh, life giving, omnipresent, all those, and uh, the students go through the sun salutations keeping track of the uh, themselves of where they are at so you would change position uh, during the sun salutation according to the chant so it was the to me it's one of the best non-structured meditation practices the benefits of it are amazing excellent and that also gets into when you start talking about doing teaching teaching yes, yoga teaching. when you don't practice yes you're actually really focused you're doing meditation by teaching especially when you're doing it on a paddleboard exactly exactly i i love it it's um, my ideal non-structured meditation I, that's why i say i believe that every yoga teacher at least once in their career they should teach yoga on a paddleboard without doing the practice though without makes a it, yeah. huge difference now let's get back to morning yes so there's all different styles of non-structured yes and we'll be getting into a lot of those styles down the road but let's talk about morning routine why is it so important to meditate in the morning uh, by meditating in the morning, you are creating a space in your mind. In other words, by directing your focus at a very, very simple thing, that one-pointed attention, it allows inspiration to come into your mind. When our mind is all over the place, when we think about everything we have to do, okay, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? Uh, what's on the news? Uh, what is in my mailbox? All that stuff. My mind is all over the place. So in, inspiration cannot come in. I'm, I'm too busy. By allowing a space in my mind either through sitting and focusing at the area below my belly button or by just focusing on making the coffee or anything like that then there is room in my mind for great ideas to come in 
it's very simple if you if the if the glass is full of water <laughs> there is no more water than you can pour in right it's so as simple that's as the same that with your brain now the same with your brain. you use the term uh space yes and that's going back to ayurveda that yeah. space is in Ayurveda, there's what? Uh, five elements. And those are? And it's this uh, space, air, fire, water, and earth. And space is always controlled, or space controls meditation. Exactly. The, in order for us to create space in our uh, body, mind, and emotions, we need to create space in our brain that's it's as simple as that and uh, the only way the only way to create space in our brain is through meditation through reducing the amount of thoughts through silence through silence and that silence can be structured or non-structured so since you're using the term silence is saying a mantra or listening to a mantra, is that considered silence, or is that considered, what is what is that? That's an awesome question. For some people, this may be considered silence. It depends where they are at. It depends how, how much chatter there is in their life, in their mind. So when there is a lot of chatter in their mind, just by focusing to the to one particular mantra over and over, that is silence enough. So yeah, that's and, why it depends on the person. Okay, and when like we go to a yoga class, yeah, and they tell you to meditate, yeah, and, or you take a meditation class, yes. Why is that so much more difficult than what we do in the morning? Uh, because usually in most of the classes they say empty your mind and for a lot of us that just doesn't make sense how can I empty my mind what happens when we try to slow down our thoughts then all these hidden thoughts start popping up so we ignore the regular thoughts and then thoughts that are deeper in are gonna start coming up. So it's impossible for us to empty our mind. And that is perfectly fine. We'll never actually empty our mind. It's not in this reality. So we have to quit fighting to empty our mind and simplify and just have as minimal thoughts as possible. Excellent. Let's close it. Okay, talking about silence, uh -huh. right? <laughs> Thank you all so much for being here. Much, much love from both of us. Namaste kala. May we all be well. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both. And subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, namaste kala which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.